Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. With Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, oh, yesterday was a wow Wednesday. And we started off with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment. And oh, everybody, August 27th, the upcoming Sunday, is National Cinema Day. You can view your movie for $4, and they've thrown in a $4 snack combo of popcorn and drink. And uh, we'll have a good time. Yeah, we don't know when this opportunity is going to come back around before maybe next year. So, uh, you eat your popcorn, drink, and be merry. Alright? Alright. Well, hmm, those EBT scam card hacks that went on not too long ago, well, the relief is coming your way. As the New York City, you know, they have set up a relief for those who actually got hit with this. Um, they say 22,000 people were victims. But there is an opportunity for you to file a claim and get your money back, and you should hear within 30 days of the time you file the claim whether you should be getting a reimbursement of the money that is missing, you know, from your EBT account. All right? All right. So, smile. Might be eating a little bit extra soon. Okay. Well, because of the just shorted out in Philly. They are offering parents, are you ready for this? $300 to actually drive your child to and from school. Yeah. 
And if you only facilitate one way, that's going, they'll give you $150. Now, this is per month. You can get this for the school year. They're anticipating that it can total up to $3,000 a year. Yeah. Now, it's a shame that they got to pay you to take your child to school, but I guess this way they don't have to really worry about, you know, getting those kids home at 10 o'clock at night, like we heard about last week when Vivian gave her story. So, if you're out in Philly, that's one way you can, you know, do this thing without having to worry about your child on a very, very, very long, and I like to say dangerous bus ride, okay? All right. Well, the ladies had their topic of conversation yesterday, and we talked about ways that you can destroy your work facade, those habits pesky habits that, you know, you really have a hard time shaking, but really will destroy your work with God, and we know we don't want that to happen. Well, get that laziness out of the way. Nothing gets accomplished when you're lazy. No, because laziness robs you of everything, okay? Okay. Ah, uh, those old habits. Now, nothing's worse than letting bad, old bad habits stand in the way of your, not only just progression, but will destroy your walk with God. Yeah. If you can't straighten up and shake those things that are, that's been destroying your life, because let me tell you something, if it's destroying your walk with God, if it has the potential of destroying your walk with God, then you better believe it's destroyed your life. Yeah. Because, you know, when you can destroy your walk with God, and that's not just you, that's you and God involved, you know, then you by yourself, or you and another person, oh, you better believe those nasty, pesky habits that you've been carrying around for the longest time will definitely throw a monkey wrench in your walk with God. Ignorance. Wow. Ignorance is, is really a big, big thing. You know, you can be ignorant in so many different ways. You can be, you know, ignorant of the, the schemes of the enemy. You can be ignorant of just your regular daily surroundings and, and the dangers that lurk you that have nothing to even do with the enemy. Yeah. You know, your own flesh and nasty spirit provides a, you know, a litany of ignorance. Yes. Yes. It will definitely rob you of, you know, just the progression of life again and, you know, particularly in this case, your walk with God. So those are just a few of the areas that the ladies talked about yesterday that, you know, can be responsible 
for destroying that relationship between you and God. Now, we're not talking about that religion because anybody can have religion, but we're talking about your walk with God. That's something that is, like, paramount to your existence. And you want to make sure that, you know, you do what you need to do at all times to maintain and retain that walk with God, okay? Don't let anything, and I mean anything, you know, get in your way, um, getting, you know, that that relationship, you know, messed up. Really, you want to make sure, because sometimes that stuff sneaks up on you, and when you look up, you know, that's nothing. I was reading this article yesterday, and there was a guy who was complaining that he was a workaholic. And he said when he looked up, he had lost his wife and his children. And, you know, he said he didn't, he didn't have any clue. He didn't have any clue that while he was out there providing and working hard and making things happen for the family, that he was actually losing the very family he was out there working hard for. So, you know, isn't that what the Lord said? The Lord said that at the day of judgment, there will be a many who will say, Lord, 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 didn't I do this in your name? And do that in your name. And he will say, oh, go away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Because we'll be so busy doing all of this and all of that that when we look up, we won't have a relationship with God because we'll be so busy trying to impress him, trying to please him, trying to please man. Don't do it to yourself. Please don't do it to yourself, okay? So maintain that relationship and do what you got to do. All right? All right. Well, 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 today is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we talk about our health in many forms and fashions, whether it's the physical health, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, whatever it is, we talk about it today. All right? So I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's the time to pass the step in on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. The impact of psoriasis is more than skin deep. It's a potentially devastating autoimmune disease that affects people both physically and emotionally. At Janssen, our immunology team is motivated by the more than 125 million people worldwide who face psoriasis every day in all aspects of life. It's a personal disease, and improving the lives of individuals living with psoriasis is personal to us. 
We're proud to have pioneered treatments that have helped many, yet our focus remains on continued innovation and the discovery and development of new medicines and approaches to intercept disease in the future. This World Psoriasis Day, we join the psoriasis community in raising awareness as we strive to do our part to treat, cure, and one day realize a world free from psoriatic disease. This is our vision. like our uh, audio clip is had a little drink. <laughs> oh, welcome to It's the Time with Pastor Steph, and it is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, today we talk about our health. How are you? Thanking God for waking us up this morning and getting us started on our way, as they say. And hmm, I'm so happy that, you know, to be on this side of the fence, this side of the ground. So, you know, we're going to get our little conversation started here. You know, we've got our health tips. And this morning, we're talking about these sugary foods that no one should be eating anymore because they cause inflammation and gut flat, gut fat. So no more flat bellies. All right? Those sugary foods. Well, the first food they are listing, soda. So, soda. That soda that we get, that diet. So, no, no. It's notorious, they say, for its high sugar content, packed with an excessive amount of added sugars. And, you know, it's a great drink, but it comes at a major cost to your health. These sugary beverages have excessive, excessive high levels of triglycerides, which is a common fat in the blood. A 12-ounce can of soda may contain 10 teaspoons of sugar or more. Can you imagine that? 10 teaspoons of sugar or more. Just a 12-ounce can. All right. Next thing. Pastries. Mm. Wow, they say lurking beneath 
that delectable exterior is a serious truth that they are frequently laden with high levels of sugar. They say sweet treats ranging from croissants to danishes. They they have an excessive amount of added sugar. They say that the elevated sugar content can lead to potential health consequences. They say these pastries are often made with refined flour and sugar, and they quickly hit the bloodstream and spike blood sugar levels, causing an unwanted inflammatory response. All right. Granola bars. Wow. Now, granola bars is kind of sneaky because you know, they always tell you to replace, you know, that big breakfast with the granola bar. They're supposed to be very healthy and convenient because it doesn't take a lot to carry it around or to go grab it. However, they say when it comes to its sugar content, mm, it's extremely high. They say the combination of oats, nuts, and dried fruit can be overshadowed by the significant amounts of added sugars. They say, you know, uh, not all granola bars are created equal. They say some are packed with heavy amounts of added sugar and lack fiber content for a blood sugar spike. Yeah. So because it doesn't have the fiber that it needs to have, then all that added sugar kind of gets through a whole lot quicker. And remember, fiber kind of pushes it through. But if it doesn't have fiber content, then it doesn't. They say the less added sugar and more fiber, the better. They say every four grams of added sugar is equal to a teaspoon of added sugar. So they say try choosing granola bars that have around 8 grams of added sugar or less, okay? Remember, 8 grams of added sugar or less, okay? All right. Fruit juice. Yeah. They say, you know, going and grabbing those fruit juice, you know, when you figure it's made of fruit, that it's kind of cool because there's not that sugar issue at all. They say that it has a surprising amount of added sugar. They say that the processing involved in juice production can concentrate those sugars, leading to a higher sugar content than one might expect. They say when you're choosing a fruit juice, check for one that is 100% fruit juice, which means there's no added sugar. And they say some fruit juice may have as much added sugar as a can of soda, which can spike your blood sugar. But also, please be careful because even with the fruit juice, remember, fruit is very high in sugar. 
so so much fruit juice, even at 100% fruit juice, and no added sugar can still be kind of dangerous for some of us, especially if we already are in danger of diabetes, okay? Cereal. Cereal, cereal, cereal. Uh, we know cereals is just a staple for most of our houses. They say that you really got to scrutinize their labels for the added sugar content. They say the cereal, especially those with vibrant colors and sugary coatings, can contain a significant amount of added sugar. And they said, read the read the nutrition facts. Very, very, very careful. Small portions can pack in 27 grams of added sugar. Okay? So, to run back that list of sugary foods that no one should be eating anymore because they cause inflammation and gut fat, we have soda, pastries, granola bars, fruit juice, and cereal. All right? Wow. Now, we got a couple of minutes here before we go into our news. Well, I came across this article that I thought was really, really, really interesting, especially for a Therapeutic Thursday. And they have this list where people are listing the most physically painful things that they've ever experienced. So if you have something, you know how to hit me up. Please send me your incident or your um, occurrence that uh, that you'll never forget because it was so painful. All right? So let's see what's on this list. Hmm. They say, the Novocaine ran out during a cavity drilling. I was 17 and didn't know you could ask for more. So I just clenched my toes and got through it. Mm, I'm terrified of the dentist now. Oh, another one. Salmonella. They say, it feels like acid is eating your insides. Wow, wow, wow. They said, um, I had pancreatitis and a torn ACL. I wouldn't wish that pain on my worst enemy. Wow. Can you imagine the combination of the two? Mm-mm-mm. Wow. All right. What else are people listing? Ooh. Sneezing with three broken ribs. Wow. That sounds painful. That sounds painful. Oh, I was 14 and riding a bike barefoot. I caught my foot in the spoke and tore my big toe completely off. Six surgeries and 50 years later, it resembles Frankenstein, but I can walk pain-free and with a barely noticeable limp. Wow. Mm. And ovarian cyst rupturing. That's painful. I had that. I had that. Man, I thought I was out of here. I thought I was out of here. 
All right. Gallstone which led to a surprise emergency gallbladder removal. I was actually so sure I was dying that I couldn't believe I did it. Wow. Wow. Mm. A horse horse stepped on my pinky toe and wouldn't get off. Ooh, that had to be. That had to be. Wow. All right, someone says, after my appendix burst and I had it removed, my other organs didn't want to wake up. Apparently, I had some dangerous fluid building up in my stomach, so they had to shove this big tube up my nose, down my throat, and into my stomach to pump it out. I was awake for the entire thing. Two nurses held either of my arms while another shoved the tube in. Even after it was in, it was awful. I kept vomiting over the days I had to keep it in and eventually started vomiting blood from it rubbing my throat raw. It totally sucked. I lived with chronic pain from interstitial this show, cystitis, have given natural birth to four large kids, recently broke my tibial plateau in three places, and had surgery, and none of it compares to the feeling of that tube going in and coming out. Wow. 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 All righty. Hmm. Ooh. I was mauled by a dog for five minutes and was completely scalped ear to ear. Took over 300 stitches and four reconstructive surgeries to fix it. I know that must have seemed like the longest five minutes of that individual's life. Wow. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Let's see. Oh, when I was four years old, we were getting our driveway paved. It was a hot 90-plus degree day, and my friend and I were playing tag. I was it and chasing my friend, who was three years older and significantly bigger. We ran down my stairs when my friend jumped over the four-foot-wide gap steaming hot asphalt. I, being four and not knowing any better, tried to jump the gap only to land and sink about an inch deep. I ran into the house with the asphalt stuck to the bottom of my feet. Mom quickly put my feet in a tub of ice water and drove me to the hospital. I'll never forget the pain of taking my feet out of that water. The sound and feel of literal sizzling pain. This resulted in third-degree burns on the bottoms of my feet, cast and crawling on my hands and knees for a little over a month. Oh, oh, poor boo-boo. Oh, can you imagine enduring that at four? Oh, wow. Hmm, what else? Mm. 
Okay, I just a uterine rupture. Oh, both I and my daughter would have died if we lived more than five minutes from the ER. Agonizing pain. I've been through a lot in my three pregnancies, but this was world-ending pain for a while. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Nobody wrote in, so I guess you have never experienced pain like these people. Well, thank God for that. Because, man, that's got to be painful, some of that stuff that they were talking about. Well, what are we talking about today? Hmm. Well, there's a young man who was 17 years old, and they say he jumped and plunged to his death from the top of the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Now, he is from New Jersey, and they say he took a taxi from his ex-girlfriend's house to the Ritzy Columbus Circle Hotel and then FaceTimed the girl before he dropped 750 feet and was pronounced dead at the scene. uh, The brother says that Hmm. They broke off the relationship, and he was never good at handling his emotions. Emotions, so that's how he handled the um, the breakup. So the girlfriend says she received an eerie FaceTime call from him from atop the hotel, looking over, and they had a FaceTime call, and he says to her. Look at this pretty view, and I love you. And then he jumped. So she she became, I guess, a little crazed, and she called the mother. The mother called the brother, and they um, they didn't know where he was. All they knew, all she could tell was he was on top of a building. She said some high building. He'd never tell her where he was. So they put out this, you know, alert. So they were looking for him, and they said that they ended up finding out that it was him who had jumped off this hotel building. So, you know, people can't handle breakups. You know, they can't handle breaking up. You know, it's very emotional. You know, they said that he had some type of mental health issue, but, you know, he excelled in, you know, um, playing volleyball and bass player in school, and he studied fashion. He excelled as a tailor, and... It was just, you know, too much for him, you know. Um, don't know what happened. They don't say what happened that, you know, made the, you know, relationship get to the point where they were no longer together. 
But again, he's 17 years old. He was 17. So, you know, you got your whole life ahead of you. But, you know, he just figured, you know, he. He didn't. He didn't. Oh, he didn't think much of himself. They said the brother um, says, and you know, he didn't think he had a lot of friends. And the brother says that you know, for all the people who reached out when they actually heard, you know, what had happened, he was very popular. He was well known, and they only had great things to say about him. You know. So when you think about the fact that, you know, people think it's the end. You know, they don't feel like they have anything else to live for. And, you know, they just don't want to go any further. You know, it's really sad. It's very, very sad. And, you know, I want to make sure I give this suicide prevention hotline 800-273-8255. Again, that number is 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five. If you get to the point where you want to end it all, and you know you don't have anyone to talk to, you know, reach out to this um, hotline. You know, maybe there's something that they can say. You know, it's, it's very easy for us to say, "Go pray about it." Very easy. You know, well, prayer got me through, and that's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful when, when that's all it takes. Some people, it's a little bit more. You know, they have to literally go and, you know, talk to someone, you know, a professional. So, again, you know, such a, long, a young life thinking that there's nothing else to live for. And who knows? Who knows what could have happened had he just stuck it through. So prayers go out to the family. Definitely. Hmm. What else are we talking about today? Well, we've got this mm, this teacher, this New York City teacher. This is really interesting. So she's been charged with rape. She's a New York City teacher. And charged with raping a 14-year-old student. Now, this one is a little tricky, if you will. So, Melissa is 33 years old. And she's a teacher at the Corona Arts and Sciences Academy. And she's been charged with rape and some other miscellaneous charges, and she was released without bail the other day. Now, they say the alleged sexual abuse started a couple of months ago, and after a while, the two of them, her and this 14-year-old, began meeting in her car. And he says that they had sex in her car at least once a week. Now, they've got screenshots, they say. Investigators have screenshots of Instagram messages that she allegedly exchanged with him. 
that details their sexual relationship. And they say that authorities were alerted when she went to the principal in early July to report that the student had threatened to shoot her and her kids if she didn't cough up $5,000. Now, they don't know whether she told the principal the whole story and why she was even, you know, at this point with this young man. Well, he no longer attends the school, but they say that he tried to get in the school with a couple of his friends, but the cops ended up turning him away. So this must be summer school. So they say that a few days later, after he and his friends got turned away, he emails the principal and the assistant principal screenshots of this alleged sexual uh, conversations that were going on between the two of them and then told the principal and the assistant principal that they had been having sex. So the principal reported everything to the Department of Ed. So, you know, it, <laughs> she's, she's hit with rape, criminal sexual act, and acting in a manner injurious to a child less than 17 years old. And if she's found guilty, she can face up to seven years in prison. Now, this story is not new to us, but I actually brought this story because husband says, my wife is innocent. She's the mother of three kids. She loves them very much. She's been a big part of the community at her school. We all support her. We're saying she's innocent, and I'm not going to elaborate any further why. So this is one time where we actually have the husband speaking up. All the other times, he never gives really any uh, conversation from the husband, but this one, not only is he sticking by her, but he's vocal about sticking by her. And from the sounds of it right now, you know, he ain't going nowhere. So, you know, you know, this is here, you know, they're, they're hoping that it's a he say, she say issue. And the other thing that I wanted to point out, they moved her from the school. So he doesn't go to the school anymore. She doesn't work at the school anymore, but she still works in the school. She just has that no contact with students uh, rule because they're saying that, you know, needless to say, you know, they can't trust them. So my thing is, why not pull out the school altogether? But, you know, I guess that would be guilty before being proven innocent opposed to innocent until proven guilty. So, you know, they don't say how 
you know, she and this, this boy ever got into this relationship, supposedly, but that they have pictures of the conversation. And that, I don't understand why people put this stuff in writing. We talk about this all the time. You already know what you're doing is illegal. You already know that what you're doing, if it got out, we talked about this the other day with the pictures. Why are you putting these things out there? You know, and uh, she's kind of on the good side because she still has her job. You know, she's not in the, like I said, not, not in that school, but she still has a job. So I guess when they figure out whether she's guilty or not, that's when they'll decide to do something about her. I don't know. Well, here's another story. Our good old buddy Trump <laughs> will be booked at the Fulton County Jail. Now, here's the thing about this particular story. I want to remind you all that the Fulton County Jail is the same jail where the man died and they said the place was so filthy they believe he was eaten by bedbugs to death. Yeah. So they've spoken to one of the insiders, one of the uh, processors <laughs> in this booking. And uh, Homeboy is saying that, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty rough. Now, the um, attorney also said that this is going to be a real rough process for Trump because they're not expecting him to go through any separate process. So they say that the intake area of the Fulton County Jail is massive. Tainies are typically processed in front of others who are being processed that it can be humiliating. And uh, as you're searched, photographed, and fingerprinted, they're anticipating that he will be searched, photographed, and fingerprinted with the everyday crimes individuals like murderers and rapists. They say this is not federal prison, so you don't get no separation. Now, I wonder how true this is going to be. I wonder, you know, uh, uh, Brother Alzo was talking about Big Bubble. And mm, I thought this was really interesting because, you know, you would think that, you know, he's going to, he would go to something separate or he would go through a separate process, maybe something a little more private, but they're like, they're not anticipating. Even his own lawyer is not anticipating that he will go through any different experience. They are really looking for him to have to go through the relay here. And 
They say that during the typical booking process at the jail, detainees move from station to station where they would be physically searched, put through a body scanner, undergo a medical intake screening, have their mug shot taken, and they get fingerprinted. Uh, the lawyer is saying it's certainly not a place that will, that he will want to be. Well, I don't know. You know, they they have a picture of one of the cells, and when I tell you disgusting, disgusting. But I don't know. Maybe he'll get one of his people up in there. And, you know, they might slide him, you know, into a little better situation. And mm, all I know is maybe your money might be able to buy you into a, a, a little better situation and maybe not. I am, I'm really interested, not anxious, but I'm interested in seeing whether he actually goes through the process that everybody else is going through. Yeah. So, hmm. do you think he's going to go through that process or do you think they're going to slide him through and he's going to kind of get away with, um, you know, get out of, of seeing that? What do you think? Well, last the last story I want to bring is the story that I'm sure if you've looked at the news, everybody's kind of heard of because this is a huge, huge issue where the 30-year-old mother is now being charged with one count of child endangerment for allegedly allowing this man who is, I think, 75? Yeah, he's kind of like up there. Yeah, Franz Vila, 75, she agreed to let him take her five-year-old daughter to the playground. And when, and she didn't own. She didn't own. They said um, they had met a few months prior, and they didn't have a relationship. I don't know how they ended up meeting where he, she, you know, allowed this man to take her daughter to the playground. But what happened was supposedly, as she tells the story, whatever meetup time they were supposed to, or they had arranged, he didn't show up with the little girl. So she ended up calling the authorities and there became this, this crazy search for the little girl. And when they finally, um, some people, some some people that like like regular everyday people spotted that, spotted him with this little girl, and that's how they ended up finding him. And the little girl was the one who told that he had sexually assaulted her. So now they are holding mom and him responsible, and. I'm interested in knowing when he starts talking, what is he going to tell? Because you don't just let somebody take your kids to no playground. 
I don't know what the arrangement was, but it, it ain't that. I know that much. You mean to tell me you couldn't find nobody else? You know, takes uh to take your child to the playground? What happened to you? Now you can take your child to the playground. So I honestly believe that when everything is said and done, oh, he's going to have a story to tell. But, you know, prayers for this little girl. You know, again, I keep telling y'all, these kids aren't even getting out of their hands with their parents. Forget about who else is doing something to them. The parents are destroying these children. Oh, it's now time to talk to our little B-Town crew. So let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Good a.m. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am doing quite well, thank you. I'm tired. I haven't slept, but I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. How are you? I am doing well. That's good. That's good. That's good. Let's talk about good old Trump stuff. So, to be uh, booked at the Fulte County Jail, what do you think? Do you think he's going to have to go through that humiliating experience as even his own attorney is anticipating, or do you think one of his people going to find him and slide him into a little safer, private area? What do you think? Well, um, living in Georgia, there there's this thread of... Um, there's always been, you know, although Georgia has a lot of black people, um, it's a very racist area. And Fulton County, um, just knowing from someone that I know that was incarcerated, is not a kind area, um, but it's also very racist. I, I honestly feel that he's going to find a way, you know, to get uh, a better treatment. You know, he's going to be placed in one of the better places. Um, one of the better cell blocks, if if you will, Um, or one of the, you know, I just don't really feel like he's going to go through what people really genuinely, I I can't visualize it. I mean, he's escaped so much thus far. Why would I think that, you know, this wouldn't be something that he would escape or, you know, get better treatment for him any different? Okay. Let me ask you this. As an ex-president who, you know, he's, he's been at the top. Do you think he should go through the regular process like the other criminals? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my thing is you you did the crime. You served the time. What, what makes it? You know, oh well, you got these upper upper epsilon criminals. No, if you if you did crime, you serve time. That's it. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this mother Do, with the little girl and the old man. 
do you believe that, you know, there's something else behind this story, that, you know, she's not just going to turn over this little girl to this 75-year-old man to for him to take her to the park? No, not in, no one in their right mind would ever um, do anything like that. You know, you're just going to give your child to a total stranger for what? You know, for five minutes, for two minutes, for for two seconds. I'm not letting my child out of my sight. And I'm going to leave my child in the hands of a stranger to supposedly take a, take take my child to the park. No, there was something that had to be agreed upon between you and this mother. And it, it had to be far more than, oh, I'm just going to take um, a child to the park. No. Mm-mm. Nope. And what was mom doing? Why, why was she not available? You have no friends, no family, no neighbors, nobody that you know that you could have said, listen, can you take, you know, little, you know, you know my child to the park? No. Mm-mm. There was some type of agreement. Whether it was food, whether it was money, something was exchanged. All righty, all righty. Well, I know it's, these are two stories that we're going to have to follow because there's going to be an extension to these stories. Then we're going to find out if Trump really went through the process, and we're going to find out if, you know, there was an arrangement. Because once they talk to him, He's, he's going to tell the story. So we're going to find out if this story is the same. So hmm, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's talk to our brother Al. Hmm. Good morning, brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chicken chop of the morning. How you doing, Pastor? I'm well, thank you, Brother Al. I'm well, thank you. Let's talk about this oh, yeah. this uh this this five year old little girl who turns her over to this seventy five year old man for him, someone she did not know, so that he can take her to the playground. Do you think that there's another story that is is the true story? And this this playground thing is, you know, you, how how do you end up? You not only you pick a seventy five year old man, but you pick a seventy five year old man who ends up sexually assaulting your five year old. Is that coincidental to you? Man, I, I I think it's more to the story because I can't just see somebody just saying, <clears throat> "Here's a stranger." Oh yeah, you know, take take my child to the park for me because you know I'm I'm tired. I just can't see that happening just like that. So I do believe there's more to the story. There's definitely more to the story because, like I said, there's so many questions. Why you didn't take the baby to the park yourself? You know, you're that lazy, you're that tired. Well, if you're that tired, then, okay, let her do something in the house. But you don't send her out with no stranger. So I believe there's more to the story. All righty, all right. We'll find out. We'll definitely find out. Well, Brother Al, Trumpster is going to be booked in a couple of days. As a matter of fact, tomorrow he's scheduled to be booked into the infamous Fulton County Jail. They're saying that even his own um, attorney is saying this can be an extremely humiliating experience for him. 
because nothing is done in private. Every part of the booking process is done in front of people. And, you know, he's not going to get away with being able to, you know, slide on by and not experience what everyone else does. Do you think that there will be somebody who will kind of pull him to the side and save him from having to go through this process in front of everybody? Or this process at all? Yeah, I believe so. You know, because it's so sad, but money talk. And people have prices. You know, so just like even if he do go to jail, ain't nobody going to bother him. Even Big Bubba ain't going to bother him. Why? Because he's going to put money on everybody's books. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to have him a little crew in there. Mark my word. Because he's looking up for it. So he's going to go in there and see who's running the prison. Bruh, take care of me. I'll take care of you. You know what I'm saying? I'll take care of your family. So I, I don't believe he's going to go through anything you know it's sad but it's so sad that money talks and i really believe he's gonna buy people off even in the prison so you look at it you in prison and you doing 15 20 years and here come you running stuff in the prison and here come trump come in and say listen i'll make sure your family is good i'll put money on your book you just make sure nobody bothers you you think he ain't gonna take that i know i would <laughs> you know so uh, i don't think he's gonna go through anything I don't think he's going to go through anything. Okay. You know, he is our ex-president. You know, do you think that he should even have to go through this process? Do you think that he should have a separate, you know, spot in the jail? Because he, you know, hey, he ran the country for four years. Yes, absolutely, he should go through it. You know, I always think about it. I said, boy, you know, if that was President Obama, Lord have mercy. So, yes, he should go through like <laughs> any other criminal. You know, any, like any other criminal, he should, go, he should go through the process. Matter of fact, they should transfer him out to the tough prison out in California, send him to Pelican Bay. <laughs> send him to Pelican Bay. <laughs> but, yes, he should, go he should go through it. You know? Cause like I said, boy, if that was okay. if that was President Obama, he'd have been locked up first of all. So yes, take him oh, through yeah. the process. Okay, okay, all right, brother Al. See what happens because this is definitely going to come out. It's definitely going to come out whether he actually goes through this process or not. So we'll see. We'll see. Might be as early as uh, Friday morning. Tomorrow morning, actually today he's supposed. I'm saying tomorrow. Today's Thursday. He's supposed to go through this booking today, so we may find out as early as tomorrow morning what uh, he really did actually experience. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back in a second. Let's talk to our girl Shanti. Oh yeah. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All righty. So, mom needs a break. She has to run errands, and she gives her baby, a five-year-old, to the 75-year-old man 
so he can take her to the park. We'll meet later, and he doesn't show up. Come to find out, they uh, put their hands on him and the little girl, and she tells them that she was sexually assaulted. I mean, how bad is your luck that you actually, you know, choose a person to, you know, watch a child for you for a little bit just to take them to the park? He ends up sexually assaulting her. Do you think there's more to the story? Absolutely. Who 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 was this guy again? A stranger. <laughs> she didn't know. Absolutely, absolutely more to the the when you said, "Oh, she needed a break and she needed to run errands." I think a lot of these parents have to be careful with their verbiage and you know how they say they feel when you know, "Oh, I need a break." No, okay, so you got a break. And I hear some someone did something to your child, you know, or you know, there there's some parents who are not as careful, you know, with who they leave their children with. Or, but it definitely sounds like there's a whole lot more to the story. There's a whole lot of factors and a whole lot of pieces of information that's missing. righty. Well, like I said to the other three-time crew, we'll find out. We're definitely going to find out because mm-hmm. when they get this story, he'll be able to uh, say whether, you know, he was just supposed to take the child to the park or not. We'll find out because he, he probably going to mm-hmm. he ain't going down by himself. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Trump, Trump. Trump and more Trump. Do you think is that enough? He's going into the Fulton County Jail to be booked where the man died from them saying he had been eaten alive by the bed bugs. Do you think he's going to go through the normal process in front of everybody? Do you think He's going to not, you know, have a cell with everybody else. Or do you think somebody's going to hook him up and, and slide him through? Well, they're putting him somewhere where we wouldn't quite expect for him to go. You know, um, it's like, okay, he's been indicted, but he's going to be in some type of country club prison. Well, that's not what I just heard. Um they may try to separate him. I think. I think they may try to separate him because of who he is and not who he is as far as being a quote unquote celebrity, but who he is as being someone that is hated by many. So they may try to separate him so that he doesn't get get got, as you say in the street, <laughs> but so he doesn't get hurt. Um. I'm not sure how successful that would be if you're putting him in the quote unquote average, you know, prison. Like when you would put another another person who is, you know, getting ready to serve time or getting ready to go to trial. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think they may attempt to, but 
and then maybe if the powers that be really feel like they have something to prove, they may, you know, consider giving him conditions that's a little worse than the typical prisoner. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it it depends on the mood of the, the powers that be if they really feel like, well, we have to now make an example out of him um, or have to show that, okay, I'm in the position to do such and such. I have to show that I'm not being soft or I'm not, you know, being biased or it. Or something like that. Okay. Okay. You know, he is our ex-president. Do you think that he should go through, you know, this uh, process like everyone else? Or should he have a private um, lodging area and or, you know, a private booking process? No, I've believe he needs to go through the regular process like anyone else. You know, anyone else, they get indicted, they got to, you know, be booked and go to jail and they sit there while the trial takes place. No, it needs to be the the way that it's normally ran. What, what's the privacy about? He wasn't private with doing the things he did that got him up in there. So, no, there should de- there no. definitely shouldn't be any level of special privileges at all. Okay, okay. Well, I can't wait to see what happens. And I'm not saying that I'm anxious, but I'm interested. I'm interested in in how they're going to let this one play out. I'm real interested. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, my Detox crew, thank you for indulging me on our news. Well, we got our session of Dear Abby today. So we want to see how, you know, dear Abby has answered. And we want to see if, you know, you would answer the same way. All right. Well, we've got this scenario here. And it's a little different, so we're not starting off exactly with dear Abby. Um, but we're going to kind of segue into that with this TikTok story. So we have... <laughs> A wife who's had who has a husband who a while ago ended up in an affair with another woman, and you know, uh, two years ago they went through this. She's been able to, you know, say, okay, you know, I'll give this another chance. During the time he cheated, she was ma- um, she was pregnant, so. That's the other. That's the other piece of it. To add insult to injury. Over these two years, he has um, a, an Instagram or TikTok, some account or social media. Let's just say social media. He's never posted the wife, and he's never posted the baby, and he's never posted the family. Now. He comes to her one day with a request. And the request is, the woman who she cheated with suddenly dies. And he wants to get permission to post about this and share his feelings. 
on social media. And I won't tell you what she said, but I would like to know how you would feel if this were you. Uh, let's start with you, Tamika. I knew I would be first. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> and uh, um, so we got some serious problems here. You know, um, it's bad enough that you cheated, you know, and we have all of this. And to me, it's as though you're adding insult to injury. You know, I already had to deal with you, with you cheating. And, you know, we decided some way, somehow to, you know, deal with that and continue our relationship. And now, after all of that, you want to post a picture. And, and you know, it's one thing if you've posted pictures of us, you know, of us going places, of us doing things, of, you know, our child, of, you know, moments that are commemorative. There's nothing. And now you want to add serious injury. You want to put salt in the wound by, you know, posting something. Yeah, I would be extremely offended. And my thing is, I understand that she's gone, but, again, you know, that is literally a kick in the face with a steel toe boot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. Brother Al. Brother Al, let's put this in the first. And she cheated on you, and you've, you know, you've given, um, you know, you've given it some thought. You, you know, you decided you're not going to throw away your marriage, and you're going to move forward. You're going to move forward. And two years later, you know, the guy suddenly passes away, and now your wife comes to you asking, "Hey." You know, I wanna. I, I heard she. I heard he passed away, and I wanna post. I wanna, you know, express my condolences as to, um, you know, the fact that he's dead. What do you say? Well, um, after I punched Tamika in the face, then um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As I punch her in the face, I gotta get, gather myself, and I'm gonna ask her, "Is she crazy? Are you nuts? You you serious right now? You you gonna come to me after you didn't cheated on me with this guy, and then you got the gall to come to me and ask can you post it? Oh no, it's gonna be a situation. Oh, it, it, it's definitely gonna be a situation. After I break my vocal cord saying no." And are you crazy? Then we're going to see what happens. So now you that's going to make me rethink our relationship. Okay, I then forgave you. We then moved on. And then you're going to come to me or something like that? Okay, we got to rethink this as well. All righty, all righty. Shanti, what would, you know, what would be your response? Sure. And let's book the photo shoot that's going to show photos of us getting a divorce, of me taking all your money, of you not being left with nothing, of you be, oh, yeah, it's photo shoot time. Because that, that is just like, 
you can't get no slower than that. You can't. First of all, you asking me for permission. That's not. You don't get no brownie points for asking for permission for some. You didn't ask for permission to sleep with us. So now you asking for permission to to post a picture, like, okay, well at least he came and asked me. No, you know, you would have just did better saying, you know what, she did. I'm too distraught to go on with our relationship, and you go about your business. Is that you even asking? What you're really saying is, this is the end, Shanti's. So. We, we might as well just move on. You don't get any brownie points for asking. No, no brownie points. I, I think that that's the first thing that needs to be understood. Like you, you're not doing something to help me out. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, you know, it's like it's like, it's like you like how how narcissistic are you? Like no, uh-uh. divorce. All right. Well, she said absolutely not. She did. She would not agree to it. And, you know, she felt, you know, that, as you all have said, that it was just a, a bit much. You know, sorry to hear she died, but no, we're we not doing that. You didn't even post me and your child, but yet you'd want to go on social media and accept and your condolences, nah, 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 we'll pass. We all will pass. All righty. Dear Abby, I have two grandkids, a four-year-old granddaughter, Emily, and a two-year-old grandson, Earl. My husband is not blood-related to them. He treats Emily like a princess, but treats Earl badly. She can do no wrong. He can do no right. Anytime I have both of them over, my husband and I have huge fights because of how he disciplines and ignores my grandson. He doesn't show Earl any of the love he shows my granddaughter. I have tried talking to him about it, and he says, why can't you get it through your head? I don't like boys. When I told him it hurts me, he just rolled his eyes. I see my options as not having my grandson over or ending my marriage. I'm now very resentful. What should I do? <laughs> All right. Before I read dear Abby's response, Brother Al, what we got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there cracking up because all types of stuff going in, going on in my mind. So whatever I said, for first and foremost, we know Earl is black. That's a black person name. So we know Earl is black. Okay. I'm thinking the guy <laughs> might be white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking he's white now. You know, and then the girl, so I'm, I'm kind of getting mixed. I don't know too many black girls named Emily. I do know a couple. So I'm, I'm trying to put this together. Is it, is it a mixed culture family? You know, we definitely know Earl is black. We definitely know that. So, um, it just it's 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 the husband she married white. You know, I'm, I'm just running across all types of different scenarios, and I'm thinking he may be white. And it's like, okay, Earl, a little black boy, I don't want to be around him, and he prejudiced. You know, I'm I'm kind of getting that kind of bomb. I couldn't be wrong, but because I'm looking at why you treating the girl, you just don't like boys. Kids are kids. Like why? You know, what's the problem? 
So I'm, I'm thinking that may be the issue. I'm thinking it's kind of some mixed racialness going on up in there. He don't like Earl because Earl, Earl's black. I know Earl black. Oh. <laughs> All righty. Shanti, what you got? Huh. My husband is fond of my granddaughter, but not my grandson. I need to be looking a whole lot closer to the situation. Why are you so against being around the little boy that you love being around the little girl? Hmm. Have you ever been left alone with this little girl? Do you want to be left alone with this little girl? Are you afraid that if you're left alone with the little girl, like you want the little boy going to come in and mess up your opportunity? See, all this stuff, I... Yeah, this is a little too too sus for me. And yes, I understand that I'm married, but I'm not about to sit here and rattle my brain and stress myself out over how I'm going to be able to spend the proper time with my grandchildren but still be able to please my husband who's sitting here with a potty mouth because both of my grandchildren are here, but he would prefer that only one is here. No, it's time to really consider the status of our relationship. All righty. All right. I'm Pastor Kale, who's just joined us, and I'm going to shift gear here a little bit. Let me say good morning to Pastor Kale before I go any further. Good morning, Pastor Kale. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Good morning. All right. Thanks. Good morning. Thanks. How are you? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good, and good. All right, so you heard uh, the scenario. I'm going to read Abby's response, and I want you to respond. You and Tamika to respond to Abby's response. Here's what Abby says. Abby says, could your husband be going through a late case of the terrible tooth? Has he explained the reason for his dislike of little boys? It's peculiar since at such a tender age, Earl hasn't been in the picture long enough to have offended anyone. If your husband can't restrain himself around Earl, he should absent himself when Earl visits Granny. Or tell your husband he must either manage an attitude adjustment or pack his bag. I can't imagine how if Earl's parents are aware of this, they allow it to continue. What say you? Well, I mean, one, one is, what is he doing, Earl? I mean, if Earl parents is aware of what? What is he doing, Earl? Earl might be a bad little brat, and I don't feel like dealing with Earl. Has anybody thought about Earl can be the brat? You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be in a position with Earl. First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm the husband, and Earl ain't my grandchild for real. You know, I often tell my wife, you know, them grandchildren are not mine. You know, they're yours. And and I don't want to deal with, with a brat. I, I don't want to deal with somebody who's mine, let alone someone who's really not mine and is a brat. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be a problem whether it's a, maybe the, the, the girl is well-mannered and, 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 you know, lovable. And, you know, the, the boy comes in and, and no, 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 he might be a brat. And I don't feel like dealing with no brats. He won't sit down. 
He won't mind. He won't listen. He won't eat his food. He throws stuff all over the place. He ain't potty trained. I got to change his butt. No, that's a lot of stuff you're asking me to do with Earl. Who, you know, so, some of these Earls, they talk like they they, they my age. You know, so I got to listen to you talk crazy, cussing, and everybody thinks it's cute, and you want me to no, I don't want Earl. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Tamika. You you've heard the dilemma. You've heard, dear Abby. What do you say? Well, that would work for me if that's what you said. His response was, "You know, I don't like both." Now, as far as I'm concerned, he's not related to either one of these grandchildren, and you're favoring the grandchild, the grandgirl. You know, I'm going to be cautious about leaving you alone with her. You know, I, I, nine times out of ten, it's like, well, I got to go to the bathroom. Maybe, maybe come, come on, come on. Uh, uh, what's her name, Eva? Is her name Emily. Eva? <laughs> Oh, Emily, 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 come on. We 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 going to the bathroom every every time I turn. We going, you know, and mm-hmm. I would probably find more opportunities not just to um, be with her, but when we do things, we'll do outings with both her and him. You know, meaning me and the grandchildren. You you get excluded because I'm cautious. You are, you know, not necessarily treating Earl right. You know, and he again, he hasn't been on this earth long enough. And even if he is that type of way, you know, we 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 can talk about it. But your response was, you know, I don't like boys. Mm, so that might mean that you like girls just a little too much for me to be leaving you with my grandchildren. No, I pass. So let's just do outings, me and the grandchildren. We'll we'll get back to you when I get home. So that way, that alleviates you from all of that. You don't have to worry about putting your hands on Earl, and you don't have to worry about putting your hands on Emily. All right. All righty. All righty now. All right, here we go. Here we go. Dear Abby. My brother and I recently found out my father, who has been married for more than 30 years, is having sexual relations with other men. This man accused my brother of being gay. He's not. Claims to be religious and sleeps next to my mother every night. I am not sure how to approach this because, honestly... I'm still in shock. My brother is furious. We found the secret email address of dads along with messages to men he has been meeting. Some of them describe him bringing men over while while our mother is at work. He tells us he is going to a store to visit a friend in the hospital, etc. But we found out that he's he's really been sneaking around with other men. Our mother doesn't know any of this, and it was an accident that my brother and I found out we were ridding his computer of a virus. Should I say something to my father? How do I approach it? How do I forgive him for accusing my brother of being gay when it's him all along? Should I say something to my mother? How do I get my brother to stop being so angry at him? I feel like I 
could go on forever with a million questions, but more than anything, I'm heartbroken, confused, and angry. Our community and culture frown upon gays. I have nothing against the LGBTQ community because my generation is different and I have some close friends who are gay. Although I don't tell my father because he says he thinks it's disgusting. I am not sure how to approach this. Please help. Shanti, you got the first leg. <laughs> oh, man. Got to be very careful not to take on all of the responsibilities. Because, see, my first mind says, Tell everybody, tell everybody. And everybody being, you know, my my mother. I have to tell my mother because not only did I just find out that my father is cheating, which is bad enough, but he is doing something that could possibly kill my mother, kill her physically. God forbid you bring some disease back home. Now I got to kill you. Um, kill her mentally and all of that. All right, so you just helped to put me in a position where I may very well have to say something. I've listened and watched you torment my brother and accuse him of something that, as his sibling, I could very well be one of the only people who knows how this is truly affecting him. But meanwhile, this is you, bro. So, yet I'm put in a position where I got to really talk to you and really help you understand that your integrity has to kick up all the way. You ain't got to tell mommy in front of me or my brother, but you got to let her know because she there's certain ways she's not protecting herself as she shouldn't have to because she's your wife, but you're exposing her to a lot, you know, and I, <laughs> in a situation like this, you, you really got to stay before Jesus because you cannot allow your emotions to now dictate not only how you say things, but what you say, because it could very well be something that God wants and needs you to say. But by the time you go off of how you want to say it, you didn't just interfere with so many other levels of this that, you know, you don't have to directly be a part of. But, you know, I, I have to go go to my father and, all right, you're going to have to tell him, like, now, like yesterday. You have to say this because this this is beyond even how I feel. This is physically, mentally, and emotionally dangerous. So unfortunately, you put me in the way. I now have to come to you and hold you accountable and assist you or making sure you do the right thing by the family. You talk about any outsiders knowing, but by the family. All righty, Pastor KL. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with um with, with Shantice. You definitely you definitely you got to level up. You got to come clean. You know this this is this if this who you are then then be who you are. But but we can't play. We can't do double lives. You know and then and then you know we got to be at a position where we give the other person the opportunity to either accept it or reject it. If if I don't know, I don't have the opportunity. You know what I mean? And and you got to be okay with you know with the rejection. Yo, this is this is what how you want to live, and 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 it's funny, you know, the the the, the I think the guy said that, um, you know, I I got plenty of gay friends, you know, 
any time there's a situation, you know, especially when it's like racism involved, you know, my, my best friends are black. You know, my best friends are gay, so it's really not a problem. I mean, but but that's besides the point. The, the point is, listen, mm-hmm. you, you hurting the fam, you hurting the family. You know, you're bringing the family down. You know, and and then to cover you up, you accusing someone else. You know that 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 you, you're putting all the attention somewhere else when it's you. So yeah, it's time to level up. Okay, okay, okay. Well, Tamika and Al, I'm going to read the response. All right. She says, if attitudes were less judgmental, I am sure many more LGBTQ individuals would be more open about it. From your description of your father and the community you live in, he must be filled with disgust and self-hatred. It's not your job to uh, uh, worry about your brother's anger at the father who projected shame on his own sexual orientation onto his straight son. I do think you should have a conversation with your father about what you discovered, and the sooner the better. If your father has been doing more than sleeping next to your mother, he needs to be checked for STDs just as she would if her husband was sleeping with other women. Give your father a deadline by which he has to come clean with her if she doesn't already know, or you will then follow through. Ah, Tamika. What say you? That was actually, that was actually exactly what I was thinking. You have got to give him an ultimatum because my thing is, you've been doing this for a long time. I'm thinking you at the mall, you know, or I'm thinking you condoling, you know, having um, a conversation with someone who lost someone, you know. So I'm thinking you're not going to be back, you know, for a period of time. And I'm not really realizing that you're having sex with another man. Now, see, my thing is whether it's sleeping with someone of the opposite sex or the same sex. Regardless, you are putting my mother's health in jeopardy. And so in this instance, yeah, I, either you tell her or I'm going to tell her. Which one are we going to do? And you've got 30 days, you know, to, to make that happen. And if I don't see that she knows, then I'm going, I'm coming clean. You know, it's just that simple. Not, you know, we, we, we kind of, Try, try to make things a lot more difficult because it's family, and we do understand that, you know, once family is disagreeing, it can be really traumatic, but you have got to ensure that your mother's safety um, is paramount because, you know, she could have some type of disease, some type of STD, especially considering the fact that you are sleeping with multiple individuals, whether it's the same sex or any other. You are putting her life in jeopardy, and she needs to know. All right, all right. Brother Al, what you got? Oh, yeah. Well, first I want to say the due time crew was very nice with their answers. I'm not. As soon as mama come through the door, mama, come here, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her immediately, all right? I ain't giving you no 30 days. I ain't giving you 90 seconds. I'm telling mama immediately, as soon as she come off from work, when mama walks through that door and say, hey, how y'all doing? I'm going to be in the back. And, oh, you're going to hear me yell through the house. Mama, come here. Let me holler at you, mom. I got to tell you something. We need to fix something right now. Because now when I tell him, if I give him this time, 
he got time to come up with a lie or come something. No, we we fixing this as soon as mom walks through the door. He ain't gonna even know I know. Ma, come here. We need to have a family. Babe, what's going on? Look at this email, Ma. All right, Dad, tell her what's going on. He ain't got time to think. We fixing it right now. <laughs> you know, all the other answers are good, but we fixing it now. You're going to explain to us why you're doing this. Wow. All right. All yeah. right, all right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take one, one quick one. One quick one before we get to our, um, I'll pray for them. All right, dear Abby, I had pretty much an ideal childhood. My parents have never had any issues that I ever saw. We went to church every Sunday, gathered with family. I'm now grown, and my parents are in their mid-80s. Out of the blue, I got a message on social media from a woman who says, She's my father's daughter from when he was 17 years old, before he met my mom. She found out through DNA testing. She is very nice uh, about whether I tell my parents about her. Their health is beginning to deteriorate, and I don't want to stress them more than they can handle. At the same time, I don't know if it is right for me to withhold the secret from my dad. I feel so alone in making this choice, so please give me any advice. Pastor KL, what are we doing? Well, I mean, at this point, you know, I mean, it's nice that I, that I met my, my sibling or whatever, but I, I don't think I, w- I would stress my mother with that. You know, I mean, at, at, at her age. I mean, you know I mean? It, it, it's just... I don't know. I, I think I think you waited too long with it. You know, some some things you just take to your grave. You know, she she's already stressed and she's not she's not uh, spry. She's not young. So th- this could take her over the hill. You know, it she, at, at her age she might not even remember tomorrow if you told her today. But just in case, it might it might not be it might not be a good look. I, I think I would just hold that. Okay, okay. Jamaica. That's, that, that is a real rough one. Um, but I also, you know, believe that the truth needs to be out, you know. Um, I'm concerned about all of the family members, but that's a stressful thing to carry alone you know, that you know that you have a sibling and to deprive dad of knowing that he has a sibling, I mean, not a sibling, a child, you know, um, after all this time, that's a real tight rope to walk. Um, I would probably be more inclined to verbalize, even though it's a hard thing, um, because it's just, you know, truth. Family needs to know. All right. All right. Uh, Al and Shanti, I'm going to read you Abby's response and see what you say. Your father may be unaware that he fathered a child at 17 back then and out of wedlock pregnancy was sometimes kept secret in the baby place for adoption. He should be given the information privately so he can decide if he would like to meet his daughter 
and whether at this late date your mother needs to know. Brother Al, what say you? Uh, yeah, because um, I'm telling. I'm in tell mode today. I'm telling. I'm in tell mode today. I'm telling everything today. I'm snitching. I am telling. But I, I think that was great advice because I was thinking that as well as far as, you know, pulling dad to the side, pop, listen, this is what's going on. And we go and investigate or whatever. And then that's up to him to tell mom. I, I would think that he should because it was something before mom. But, you know, we had to take in uh, consideration of her health. You know, if this something that if she's sickly with, it's something might, you know, do something to her health. But pop definitely going to know. And then we'll decide on, you know, how should we take this to mom? But I'm telling. I'm telling today. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shanti. What, what say you? I think that was pretty okay advice. But my first question would be, okay, so normally when you do a DNA testing, right, doesn't the other person have to be, like, they have to either be present with you or they also get tested? Well, they, it's, it's this weird thing. Now, somebody called me the other day and was telling me about um, they, they somehow or another, they took some Ancestry.com um, DNA test, and they were able to find out um, some information. It's funny that this should come up, which is one reason why I chose this one of this this story. So, no, uh, supposedly you can, through some indirect way, kind of narrow down your parents. Yeah, they, they so definitely they don't have blow. to be together. They, they definitely. What'd you say? I said they definitely don't have to be together. I've been tested quite a few times for child support. They don't have to be together. <laughs> no, 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 not no, no, no. I under, no, I under, I understand you don't have to both like we don't both have to go to. Both of us don't have to on Thursday morning go to Doctor Wiseman at nine a.m. But I'm I'm somewhere getting tested to see if Nick is my father, so I may go to a doctor in the Bronx at Thursday morning, but Nick may go to a doctor in Long Island on Saturday morning, and then they'll, you know, compare our DNA, and then they'll see if I'm his daughter. But I asked that me, pick me, pick me. Whether we go to the same doctor or not, my question is, don't both of us have to be aware of this so that we're both intentionally getting tested to see if yes. we're related. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely. what I'm saying. Yes, yes, yes. I got a call the other day, and supposedly this person tested, they did some DNA tests, and they were supposedly now told who their parents were and could find out information. So I don't know. Let's just say you can. You know, the guys are saying you have to, based on the call I got the other day, you don't. So let's just meet in the middle and say for this particular case, 
No, you don't I'm have a, to. I'm going to be bad if I feel like I got to tell my mother something that's probably not even true. Because how is it so do you just, so do I just walk into a clinic and say, hey, almost like when you call an operator and say, give me all the numbers for a John Smith. Who else goes, oh, give me all the blood work for a, a Nicolas Cage. Because Nicolas Cage don't know that I'm about to compare his, his DNA to mine. I don't know how that works, but that my mom went there. My mom went there because, you know, are we talking about something that is 100% accurate or are we talking about assumptions or something? Because it would be real crazy for me to now rock the boat of this family and then come to find out I'm really not the daughter, but now mama and, and, and papa in their old age is on Maury and he happens not to be He's father. not the father. So I, I think, <laughs> right, but I think before, before anybody says entertaining, we need to figure out a way to just go to Pop and let him know that this woman claims she's your daughter. She walked in somewhere and gave them your name, and they was able to pull your DNA sample from somewhere and compare it to hers. Do you want to go and intentionally get tested after she gives you whatever information? Because we've seen a lot of movies and shows, whether it was fictional or, or true, you know, where someone pops up and says, oh, you're my dad. And, you know, there's questions that have to be asked. Well, who was your mother? What was the date? What was the year? You know, so before we go into all that, let's just make sure that this is for real before heads start swinging and all of that. Because I, I don't understand how that, you know, now it's like I'm just going, I'm just, I'm now I'm moving off of he say, she say. That's where my mind goes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, as always, the Blue Time School always comes through big time. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Have a Thank blessed day. Thank you. Have a you too. I'm not right. the father. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Right now. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right, what you got for us, Sean P? Pray for them. Okay. Today we have pray for them where we are praying for the popular, beautiful, and talented Halle Berry. Everybody knows Halle Berry. Losing Isaiah, Boomerang, Monsters Ball, list goes on and on and on and on and on. We are praying for her because she has finally been able to finalize her divorce from her husband. And this divorce process started back from 2014 after they had only been married for about two years. They got married in 2013, um, started the process of divorce in 2015. And finally now, eight years later in 2023, the divorce is finalized. So not only because, you know, the divorce is finalized, so, like, we need to pray for her, but unfortunately there is a nine-year-old son that is dangling in the middle of this divorce, and after what I read, it was very concerning. So they share this nine-year-old son and Halle Berry, and now her ex-husband agreed to joint and legal custody over their son. But just reading this gave me a headache. So Halle Berry will spend Monday through Wednesday with him 
the father will spend Wednesday through Friday with him. And every other weekend, he rotates between the the parents. And that also includes holidays. Now, while the son is at one house, he is only allowed one phone call, whether it be an audio or video call, to the other parent, and this call cannot exceed 15 minutes. In addition to all of that, however, what, what I, I don't, I don't know what kind of you know turmoil was in this family, but that sounds like there was a whole lot of buffoonery going on in those two years. Um, Halle Berry has also agreed to pay $8,000 a month for child support plus 4.3% of all of her income that she makes over $2 million. So I don't know if that's child support plus alimony that she's now paying the the ex-husband. Those are also, you know, terms that they've agreed on in this divorce. Also responsible for not only paying the child support, but paying for the son's tuition, all of his extracurricular activities, his health insurance, and his therapy sessions because he needs therapy. And after reading this, I feel like I needed therapy because that was just too much for me to even sit and try <laughs> to wrap my head around. So just praying for, you know, she hasn't been in the, the tabloids a lot in regards. She's no Jennifer Lopez. You know, she every time you turn around, she didn't have a new husband. But she did succumb to some, you know, unfortunate, you know, relationships. At one point, she was abused and one of her, physically abused in one of her relationships. Um, she, she was able to, you know, marry this guy. And only within the matter of two years, they got married, produced this child, and then decided for whatever reason, because it did, I didn't come across, like, the reasons as far as for the divorce, like someone cheated or irreconcilable differences about it. Put, none of that was stated. It was just mainly stated about the terms of what she would be giving up financially that they both agreed on and as far as the schedule with their child. But most importantly, praying for this baby because it's already a lot that he now has this very, very, very successful and popular mother. And now he's going to be bouncing from house to house throughout the week, throughout school breaks, throughout weekends. And if you're telling me that I'm with mom and I only get to talk to my father one time out of these three to five days that I'm with you and I got to put a timer on to make sure it doesn't exceed 15 minutes. Is someone abusing me? I don't know. So praying for his mentality, you know, praying for his mental health, praying for his peace, you know, because this is obviously terms that he had nothing to do with. You know, unfortunately, because he's only nine, they don't really sit and consult with the child and speak or, you know, how do you feel, who you really feel like you want to, you know, live with, do you want to live with both of us? So praying for that, praying for Halle Berry as well, that these terms that her and her ex-husband have, you know, come up with are terms that will really be beneficial for them as individuals as well as them being able to co-parent. This doesn't sound like a healthy co-parent, you know, situation. Praying for her ex-husband that there's no vindictiveness on his end, that um, if he notices that there's any level of vindictiveness on Halle Berry's end, that he, you know, steps up and is humble enough to now help her and assist her on 
how to be able to do this properly. You know, praying for their legal teams that they don't have any teams that is pushing any narrative or motives or intentions, desires or plans that is not healthy for them and for their son. Praying for their peers, whether their peers are famous or whether their peers are, you know, just average citizens, that their their surround their circle will help to encourage them to do right, not only by themselves, but by each other and to their son. So definitely lifting this up in prayer because we hear a lot about these um, celebrity divorces and, you know, us on the outside looking in, we may do some things like, well, how do y'all agree on that? But the most important thing is that they're able to properly co-parent and create a healthy, stable environment for their son to grow up in. All right. All righty. Thank you, Shantice. Oh, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for you breathing the breath of life into us, dear Heavenly Father, and we're able to even come before you on behalf of Halle Berry and her family, God. Lord, this is some convoluted situation. Only you know the inside and the particulars, God, and how they even ended up at this particular decision. Lord, we know that it doesn't sound very good. And Lord, we're asking you to just be with them, dear Heavenly Father. If this is some call um, from you into their lives, that they seek you, that they now make you the head of their life, whatever it is, dear Heavenly Father, we're asking that they humble themselves and they find their way to you, God. This is definitely not uh, a situation we would want to see any child in, God. But if this is somehow protecting the child, God, and if this is according to your will, dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have stepped up and into this situation to answer all of the problems, God. Lord, we ask you to keep Halle Berry's uh, mental state, you know, uh, in its proper order, dear Heavenly Father, as she's got some hefty responsibilities in regards to the custody of her child and her children, God, uh, financially, she has to provide for them, dear Heavenly Father, and you can't do that all over the place, Lord. We're just asking you to just, just straighten out that, that situation inside of her. Let her draw close to you, God, as to how she's supposed to go forward, how she's supposed to interact with her children, how she's supposed to interact with her ex, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're lifting up the uh, the son that's involved in this uh, uh, turmoil. Lord, he's like a little wishbone, God, just pulled, being pulled back and forth. And Lord, we're asking you to just deal with his mental state. Give him the support that he needs, that only you can give him, God. Even in the midst of the storm, the Heavenly Father, you can give him peace. The peace that only your son can give, not that this world gives. We pray that any therapist who is servicing him, God, will know you first. So that they can actually mm-hmm. introduce him into a Christian way of thinking. That this is the world's way of handling this situation, God, as a little boy 
would not be sufficient. He needs a higher guidance. He needs guidance from you, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're praying for the husband. As Shanti said, that there's no malice, there's no anger, there's no um, vindictiveness for either him or Halle Berry, dear Heavenly Father, that they can settle this properly, that they can live with this according to the way the judge has rendered this decision. And if not, let them go amicably back to the drawing board, God, without this being just World War Three, just having all of this attention and negativity surrounding this situation, God. And we know you've got the answer to this. We know, God, that money doesn't handle everything, and we're looking right at it. We're looking right at it, mm-hmm. Heavenly Father. But, Lord, we just ask you to just be with this situation. Straighten all the crooked ways, dear Heavenly Father. If the judge needed to be dealt with, God, we ask you to just handle him too. So, Lord, we're leaving this in your hands knowing that the best, the best, your plan would just reign. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Thank Amen. you, Shanti. Yeah. Thank you so much for your Thank you. Okay. Boy, what a convoluted uh, situation. You know, you you hate to even think that a child could or would have to go through um, all of this um, craziness. And, and when we're getting involved with, with you know, people, we have no idea what it's going to turn out to be. You know, she's had a string of failed marriages, failed relationships, and to get and she didn't have any children with those people. And to get to this point in her life, she's had children late. And to get to this point in her life, I guess she says she waited. And it's still not good enough. Well, sometimes things are not good enough because we haven't chosen God as the head of our life. And I don't know what her particular... Um, you know, status is, but all I'm saying is if, you know, this is is not the case, that this could possibly be the reason why there's this chaos. You know, um, I don't know how many of you know, but she was in a relationship, in an abusive relationship. She only hears about 20% out of one of her ears. And at one point they said she was too vain to wear a hearing aid. He hit her so hard, he knocked out 80% of her hearing out of one of her ears. So needless to say, this has been a journey, you know, in in her life, you know, for her and, you know, um, you know, relationships. And we know she was married to David Justice and Eric Benet. And, you know, so she's had some time, you know, in the limelight regarding her um, relationships, but again, none of those relationships um, ended up with children. Now she's older, having children, and now you know all of this craziness um, comes out. So you know, if we, you know, I always tell people, if we don't start off properly, it's hell. Ain't no other way to say it. It is straight hell getting back on track, getting things on track. And not back on track because it didn't start off right, but getting things on track. And if we do not give our situations to God, 
a lot of times it ain't never going to be on track because it is God that has got to make that crooked way straight. You know, we think we know people. We think, you know, we, they've shown us enough for us to make certain decisions. And only after, only after the mess happens, we realize that it's not. We didn't know what we think we knew. And it happens, period. It doesn't only have to be in a, um, you know, a, a, an intimate relationship. It can be in, you know, friendship. It could be at a job, you know, things start off right. And the way they present the, the workplace and the, and the description is great. And when we get there, it's a big, fat mess after a minute. So, you know, when we're looking at these Dear Abby stories and, you know, getting advice is not always easy because you got to reveal what the situation is. But, again, you had a couple of stories here where, People weren't who they thought, who you thought they were, or who they, you know, thought that, you know, the other person thought that they were. And now, what are you facing? Devastation, disappointment, trauma. And the worst thing is when we bring these children into these traumatic situations, we're trying to figure out why they're dysfunctional adults out here. No. We got to make sure we do our, our just a little more due diligence so we don't end up like this, if possible. Sometimes you, you just end up with the crazies. You know, they always talk about on this broadcast the, the um, what do they call it? They don't call it the imposter, they call it somebody else. You know, showing up and pretending they're this person and then voila. There's always signs. There's always signs. Let me tell you something. If she ended up starting a divorce proceeding or he ended up starting a divorce proceeding after two years, that means something was already on the table before he even got to the table. There were some signs. There were definitely signs if this only lasted two years. And here this little boy is nine, and he's just being pulled back and forth. Let's make sure we follow God for our life so we can save not only ourselves, but definitely our children, the trauma that they don't need to go through. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my deep time group for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give God your life right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Freestyle Friday? Uh, I love you. <laughs>